Hello, and welcome to the 14th episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Cher. And we are currently at Cher's house. We are at my house. We are not in the studio. It's very cozy. It's not soundproofed. No. But we are using our brand new mic. I know. I'm very excited. It, it's very shiny. It was very easy to set up. It took us one second as opposed to the usual 15 minutes. You know, maybe we should, I mean, I don't want to ask you to bring your laptop to Georgetown, but I feel like this is a better... That's fine. And then you have it on your Mac. And, and so then I don't, don't have to... to send it and this is an updated garage band. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine with doing that. That's neat. And then I'll bring the mic. Yeah. And we can just, and then the library will just be the place Our that we meet at. Yeah, that's soundproofed. Right, right. And then we don't have to deal with their million-year-old computers. <laughs> yes. And, well, we still do have to deal with the sass of the we employees do. We at Gillardin, though. The reason we're not at Gillardin, even though I regret nothing, um, <laughs> is it was, it was closed? Didn't they start school back up again? No. So the students come back, I think, tomorrow. So they're on these, like, oh, reduced hours. And so um, they closed at 5 today, which I don't even get off work until 5.30. So. Yeah, so we couldn't go. Yeah. So I have my car with me now, and I went and I picked up Cher. What, like a gem. Like, she could have been like, <laughs> see you at your house, which would have been much easier for her. But no, she picked me up right at the door. Yeah. It was fun. <laughs> it was, I mean, just... Two strong, independent women driving aggressively. Yes, as you have to in yes. D.C. I have. To I say, was impressed with your driving. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Um, I have two. I have reviews that I'm a good driver, and then I have reviews from people in this area that I'm a bad driver. And I think people think in this area that I'm a bad driver because I usually like to keep it to um, only about five to seven over the speed limit. Yep. Whereas... See, I like to keep a nun over the speed limit. <laughs> I like to... Well, also, so I grew up in upstate New York, and there's not a lot for cops to do there. So if you go over five miles over the speed limit, you are going to get a ticket and get pulled over. Yeah. And even though I will say, like, whenever I go home now, I always feel like like a returning celebrity or something, <laughs> even though there's no reason for me to feel that way. But I always feel like if I got I pulled know. over, I you... would not get a ticket. Like, for whatever reason, once I'm back in Leroy, I'm like, I'm not going to get a ticket here. This is my town. I always feel like I could just be like, um, I'm Audrey, like, you guys... I have a podcast. <laughs> also, okay, so one of the cops in my town now, he was a year... I'm not going to say his name because I know people from my hometown listen to this podcast, but they'll probably know who I'm talking about. All right. Um, he was a year behind me in school, and, like, the fact that he is a police officer is genuinely disturbing to me. Not that he's, like, a bad person in any way, but he was just, like, kind of a moron, and, mm. like... You know, just, like, ran around and, like, definitely sent around. Like, somebody sent him a naked picture when we were in high school that was meant for him. And I'm pretty sure he sent it to other people. So he he basically could be brought up on child pornography charges is what you're saying. He could, but he never, uh, he never was. Okay. <laughs> and I don't know that you could prove, I don't know, whatever. Um, but I just, like, I saw him pulling over someone once when I was home. And I was just like, I would refuse a ticket from that person. <laughs> I like I would not I was like no not accepted I will not be accepting a ticket from you thank you yeah I mean I I will say I am not a good driver I've never gotten a review that I'm a good driver I'm a really nervous driver I drive slow I cannot judge distance very well 
I'm I have a legal provision on my license that I have to wear glasses, otherwise <laughs> I'm not allowed. <laughs> I I will say for my driving, I'm very cool in a crisis, mm-hmm. which I think you can attest to. Yes. Because we got a flat tire when, I, when you were in the car with me. Yes. Not only, okay, ladies and gentlemen, not only did we get a flat tire, but I was driving and there was like a <laughs> sound and I was like, I think there's something wrong with my tire. And Cher said, I think there's just a motorcycle behind us. <laughs> there, there wasn't. <laughs> so I had to get off on this exit and I was like, all right, as soon as I get off this exit, I'm going to pull over. And as I was wa- as I was driving through the exit, I watched my tire roll off my car and roll into the bushes. Luckily, we were on like the shoulder. Yeah. So pulled over immediately, was able to get it fixed, but... We yeah, sat I just, in a boiling hot car for like we did. two hours. We really <laughs> did. It was so bad. But it's, yeah, it's just like... One time, a truck's tire blew out in front of me, and they went swerving all over the place, and I just, like, very calmly was able to, like, stop and pull over to the side, and, like... I felt very safe. Thank you. I think that is one thing I do pride myself in, that I am cool in a crisis, for the most part. Um, (laughs) well, I mean, it kind of depends on the crisis, but driving, probably not for me. (laughs) Probably not. Um, so Audrey and I haven't seen each other for weeks. Yes. For, for two weeks because, well, almost two weeks. No, more than two weeks. More than two weeks because we were, we were ahead when we put out the other podcast. We've been, we've been out of the podcast game for two weeks. Yeah. Took two weeks off. We took Christmas vacation like the rest of you. Which I don't think any of you really were that, probably that upset. Probably not. I don't know that you were listening to a lot of podcasts over the holidays. I don't know. Our Bridget Jones episode got, like, over 70 downloads. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, people were... People Definitely were, into the Bridget. Into the Bridget. Yeah. Which I was, like, I, I always feel like those kind of books, and we can talk about this when we're getting into the books we're talking about this week, but it's almost like the more I like a book, or, like, the more it's just, like, just purely pleasurable to me, yeah. I feel like sometimes it's harder to talk about. Like, I found this episode a little bit difficult to prepare for. Oh, me because too. I have so a lot to, to say. say. I have a lot to say, and yet it's kind of like when you write in your best friend's yearbook, and oh, you're yeah. like, "What do I even write?" Because I feel like I've said everything to you, and yet I feel like I need to fill an entire page of how much you mean to me. Yeah, or now in in these days, writing on their Facebook wall on their birthday. Right. Right. Which I have to say, like, I really don't want to have to do that anymore. Even though I really like getting people's posts. Yeah. But it's like almost. I don't know, there's, like, a lot of pressure, and I've definitely stopped doing it on my Instagram. Oh, like, posting people's birthdays on your Instagram? Yeah. I only do it, I think, for family, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, like, if you're really, if you have a great pick, and you're really moved to do it. Mm -hmm. But I just think, because then it's, like, okay, so, like, who makes the cut, and, like, what do you... Yeah, I mean, I think all, I'm much more liberal about it on Facebook, but, Mm -hmm. like, even, even Facebook, though, like... I've really kind of tried to separate myself a little bit from Facebook just mm-hmm. because it, like, causes me undue anxiety that I, like, <laughs> I don't need and it's not, like, very pointless and it's basically just, like, this place where I can build an image of myself right. that nobody actually really cares about more than me. Yeah. Um, Facebook is really the, is where I just share stuff that I want, like, like, my former teachers and, like, adults in my life to see. It's like if I'm looking yeah. for those likes, then then I'll post pictures on Facebook. But other than that, like, I'm pretty much, like, an Instagram, Twitter creature. I like to 
I like to use the album feature of Facebook mm. mostly because it's like a way that I can organize my photos mm-hmm. and then I can like easily find them. And I like that I can find like photos of me and other people that are yes. tagged and stuff. Like I find that very useful. And so like I do post photos on Facebook. Yes. But like, I mean, never will I ever post a status probably ever again. No, me neither. So. Um, That's what Twitter is for. That is what Twitter is for. But I just, I don't know. I've been trying to separate myself a little bit from it. I deleted the app off my phone for I've a while. I've thinking about doing that too. Which, which is actually good. I mean, it's like I would still check it like on my computer. Mm-hmm. But like that was much more like – I was deciding to do it rather than like reflexively checking the mm-hmm. thing on my phone all the time, which yeah. I like, I just need to stop. <laughs> so I need to stop <laughs> doing that. I have to say, I feel like I've gotten um, more comfortable. This is on a separate tangent, um, more comfortable with us podcasting. And I feel like we, I think we both have because it's like, you can tell, I feel like there's a more relaxed energy. Whereas yeah. like, I almost feel like, I still, like, enjoy it, like, because I do listen back to our episodes like a narcissist. Well, but you got to make sure. Well, it's quality, quality control. control. Yeah. And also, I just, well, because I feel like when you have distance, it's like every week I convince myself that I said something very stupid. Yep, or offensive. And so, yes, or there was one week in particular that was, like, <laughs> I sound like a terrible person. Um, and so when I, but I listen back and I'm like, oh, okay, like, because I always feel like sometimes, like, Lately, I feel like we've almost been in, like, slow motion, but I think it's just because I don't have that, like, nervous energy. I think we've relaxed into the podcast. Yeah, we're not talking as fast as we used to. Which is good. That's probably better. It's probably good. Sometimes I talk too fast and too loud. I don't think you talk too loud. That's good. I I just, I think I tried not to because... When I used to tell stories at the dinner table, my dad would be like, Audrey, you were screaming. Oh my God, that's what my, that's what my family says to me. My sister's Why are you screaming? And he says the same thing to Marshall. And Marshall does, and I even noticed, well, like, Marshall, why are you screaming? I think that also, though, like, if I'm telling a story and I'm getting, like, excited mm-hmm. or whatever, like, mm-hmm. I want to add a little bit of a crescendo. Right. And is that so wrong? Right. Yeah, I think I can definitely just, I think... My my assumed criticism of myself from other people is, like, she's very loud and she talks far too much. But I think if you like me, you probably like those aspects about me. But I don't think that I would necessarily characterize you that way either. Really? No. I always feel like I'm a strong presence. I would say you're a strong presence. <laughs> Not but, to, like, but toot I my own horn because no, no, I think no, no, that no. could be a negative sometimes. No, no, no. <laughs> I definitely think that you are a strong presence, but I don't find you to be, like, somebody who aggressively dominates a social scenario mm, or something which okay. like like I don't see you as somebody who like you can't get a word in okay, or yeah. like you know what I mean but I also think you, you talk and over I, people you and like I, I think, just did now yeah, no but I do to you all the time and I literally cringe on the podcast when I hear myself talk over you or when I talked over Tyler sometimes I was like Audrey please relax like you will get your turn sometimes it's hard to find your window you know but I think also part of the reason that you and I function so well as friends is that we don't need to be asked to tell and because sometimes I forget to ask people questions Mm -hmm. and then I feel bad later that I'm like wow I didn't ask them anything about myself about them and how they're doing (laughs) I didn't ask them anything about myself (laughs) (laughs) do you like me yeah (laughs) um but, like, I think it's because I don't need someone to ask me about me for yeah. me to just jump into what I want to tell them, especially yeah. if I'm comfortable with them. But some people like being asked. Yeah. Um, so I do try when I see people I haven't seen in a while to think of, like, good questions to talk to them. Well, 
I don't I don't think you're like a greedy person who hogs stuff. So that's good. Yeah. Probably because I'm mindful of it because I am worried that that is who I am. I I don't think so. Thank you. This has been Audrey's validation corner. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I just want to do a quick uh, New Year's corner. Mm, How? Yes. So you did not. Oh no, you did one. I made many. Okay, so I feel like every last two years, um, my like broad goal has been like to get further in my career. Uh-huh. Mostly to to have one. Yep. Because I'm currently unemployed. But I would like to be, like, I think every year now I kind of think about, like, okay, like, this is a chance to progress. And I also realize that I think part of the reason that I always find New Year's resolutions to be weird is because I'm still forever on a school set schedule. Mm-hmm. And so in my brain, I'm like, we're, like, halfway through the year. Because mm-hmm. every year I look at, like, September as, like, starting something new. It's, like, a new season. Like, the air gets crisper. Most people are going back to school. And so in yeah. my brain, that's the new year, even though that's wrong. I guess this year was especially satisfying because it was on a Monday. Yes. So that so. felt real good. <laughs> I loved it. Um, but, yeah, but. so I would like to progress in my career by next year or be in a different place. Okay. Um. Which like I, physical place or no, 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 spiritual? No. Like, like okay. just like a new, like have grown. Okay. Which I'm like definitely will have to find for purely financial reasons because I can't be unemployed for an entire year. Right. <laughs> but, and I also made a mini resolution to be less of a psychopath about Instagram. It's a good one. Basically posting the pictures that I want to post when I want to post them and not worrying if like my feed doesn't look right. Yeah. Because I think, like, if you just, which is, I'm really sorry to anyone who just, like, spit out coffee because of how stupid that sounds. But, like, for some reason, like, a flip, a switch got flipped in my brain where, like, all of a sudden I was like, I care about how this looks as a cohesive. But Tyler said that, too, though. Like, I, like, think, I don't think you're alone. Well, but I also think, like, so I think my cousin Lauren, she doesn't worry about that stuff, but I think her feed looks nice because... She posts what she wants to post, so there is kind of, like, a cohesive theme. Mm-hmm. And, like, she posts nice pictures still. So I'll probably still be a psycho about, like, wanting about what I post, but I'm not going to be as obsessive about, like, how it all looks. I'm okay. going to try to take a, st- a step back from that yeah. psychoticness. I'm trying to post less in general. I don't feel like you post that very much. Really? On Instagram? Okay, my family gives me so much crap and then say that I'm, like, the biggest social media monster they've ever met. I'm glad to hear you say that, though, because I feel like I also get a lot of shit from my family about, like, being on my phone when, like, in comparison to probably other people my age, I am, like, not on my phone half as much. Right. But, like, because my... I think it might be, like, because our families do what we do so much less. Yes. That it's, like, they're, like, oh, well, like, Audrey and Cher, you know. Well, and I think... So, Savannah has no social media at all. Like, she literally only has Snapchat and doesn't use the story function. So, she's basically a ghost. That's punk rock. Yeah. She is (laughs) counterculture. Yeah. She's the best. (laughs) Mary-Kate is... uh, Mary-Kate, like her generation, Mm -hmm. has only Instagram... Really? She has a Facebook, but like literally never posts on it mm-hmm. and is exclusively I her feed is me my friend tagging her in photos. That's oh, all her. Yeah, yeah. That's all she has. That's um, like my older brother. Yeah. But um, so I think 
comparatively, yeah, I like I post a lot more. You have more of a presence. I have more of a presence for sure. But um, but I don't think you post very much at all. Like you post when you do stuff. And yeah. then like every, yeah, I don't I wouldn't say like it's not like you're posting like every day. But I also got married this year and yeah. so I just posted a lot because I just like had so many photos, but I think that's you get a pass I on know, that though. I know. But I just I don't know. I just don't want people to get sick of me. I don't mm-mm. Basically what I now I'm moving in the opposite direction of I just want them wanting more, you know. <laughs> so, that's smart. Yeah. So that's my new strategy. But yeah, whenever um, my family... Well, one time Marshall, as a joke, like hid my phone. And I was like, will you just tell me where it is, please? And he's like, why do you need it so bad? And like just that like made me so mad. I was like, I don't need it. I just want to know where it is. And obviously so that I can check it soon. I also 100% feel addicted to my phone. And I don't like that. Yeah. Like I read all those articles in the New York Times like wellness section about mm-hmm. like being addicted to our phone and like the dopamine loop of checking social media. I'm like, yeah. oh God, I'm in deep. But yeah, but I will say like, I don't, and I think it's like, it's such a, it's like, like it's such a catch 22 too, because I could totally not look at my phone for an entire day. Like, like I, I was just telling you that recently um, I took a trip to Columbus and my phone died and I had gone to my cousin's house and was charging it the whole time I was there and not looking at it and had forgotten to text some, like, I called my mom to tell her that I'd gotten there safely, but I didn't text like everyone I knew. At least I you knew. had your priorities. Right. I called my order. mom and was like, Hey, I got here safely, which I felt like was really all I was owed or all I owed to anyone. Yes. Um, but I didn't text like my cousins that I'd gotten there and I usually do do that, but, um, but I'd like forgotten and I didn't look at my phone for hours and like everybody thought that I was dead. They called the police. Yes. (laughs) Well, a friend of mine called the state troopers in two different states to see if there had been any fatal accidents. Honestly, see, that's the dream for me is that someone would call the police suspecting I'm a missing person. (laughs) Like all I want, all I want is someone to worry about me that much. Yeah. So it's like, if you're not looking at your phone, when someone needs you or something, then it's like, well, why wouldn't you have your phone with you? And you're like, well, because I don't want to be looking at my phone all the time. Maybe sometimes I want to just not have it. Yeah. I, yeah. When I was in high school, I used to like leave my phone when we would go on family vacations, Ooh. which was like very nice. But now I'm also like, I think now that I work and stuff mm-hmm. and like, I need access to like my email yeah. and I don't know. Well, that's what's hard too in this day and age where it's like there is that expectation because you have your email on your phone you're getting emails all the time constantly yeah. and there is that like impulse to respond to everything right away yeah um I did not respond to any work emails over break which was really hard for me I but I did good. it yeah it was good because that's like that's not what break is for I know well and I'm also like I'm not getting paid for responding to this no yeah so, exactly like I really should just not right but um, but now that we've had catch up corner, yeah, shall catch up we corner. turn? <laughs> um, yeah. So Harry Potter. So we're doing Harry Potter's one through three. Yes, the early days. Which I feel like each book in and of itself, there's plenty to kind of pick apart and talk about. But I also think that I would be shocked if any of our listeners had not read Harry Potter, or at least seen. I movies. would be very shocked. Um, also. My tweet that we were doing Harry Potter got the most likes of any tweet we've ever done. So <laughs> people are excited. Well, and at first I was like, I, I feel like Harry Potter is such like, it's such a touchstone. Yeah. And so at first it was like, it's almost like for like my favorite murder, it'd be like doing Ted Bundy. 
Right. But at the same time, it's like, that's what... That's what we want. But I want to hear about Ted Bundy. Yeah. Like, whenever, in My Favorite Murder, whenever they're like, we can't do, like, the fame... I'm like, no, no, no. I want you to do those ones. The, I think they assume that, like, we already know all the details. We're so familiar. But we also... Like, but no. we probably don't know all the details. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah so... I love when they do And the this also started... I know that last time we had an episode, we said we were doing Helter Skelter, and we still are. We, we're doing it week after next. Yes. But... Or wait... Next week? Next week. We're doing it next week. Next week. Yeah. But basically what happened was um, I started, I got the Harry Potter box set for Christmas because I wanted my own copies to have at my apartment because I felt like the copies that I have at home, even though they are in my room on my bookshelf, I felt like they belonged to the house. Understandable. Especially because the first, the Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets literally have inscriptions to my older brother because they technically were birthday gifts to him. But they're in my room. <laughs> As they should be. Yeah. And um, I'd gotten the box set and I started reading them and tweeting about them, tweeting my thoughts. And I was really glad when you said we should do Harry Potter because I was like, I physically can't imagine switching to Helter Skelter right now as I'm like halfway through Goblet of Fire. Yeah. It would be such a like a tonal shift. I was like, I don't know how I'll do this. <laughs> it would be a real shift. Well, so the other thing that happened is that the only thing I asked for for Christmas were true crime books. Mm-hmm. And so on a whim, I was like, Brendan, did you get me Helter Skelter? And he was like, yeah, I did. And I'm like, oh, so it's at my house. Mm-hmm. So I can't, like, we basically would have to, like, I only got home last night because I was in Portland. Mm-hmm. And so I would have had basically today, I would have basically had to take the day off work to read enough of Helter Skelter to have anything to say. So <laughs> it worked out. Um, and frankly, like, Reading Audrey's tweets was one of the highlights of my break. Thank you. <laughs> so I I just wanted to talk about Harry Potter because, I mean... It is... It is the thing. It's the foundation of our childhood, probably. It really is. My mom started reading... My brother got the first two Harry Potter books as a birthday gift. Um, and my mom started reading them to us when I was six. Yeah. And... And then, like, the seventh one came out when I was, like, 15. And then the last movie came out when I was, like, a freshman in high school or college. So it, like, really felt like it was, like, bookends of, like, my childhood. Well, and we were pretty close in age to the actors, too, mm-hmm. of the movies. Yeah. Because um, I think we were around – we, we were 11? I think Emma Watson, yeah, is our age. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yes. Or, or is Daniel Radcliffe her age? I don't There's know. There's somebody. One, One of them is, is like close to her Rupert age. Grant's older than us, but yeah, okay. like two years older, I think. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but we listened to the first Harry Potter book on a um, car ride up to Tahoe. And like I was very interested. Savannah was like, that was boring. <laughs> um, but so I had them on tape. The Harry Potter audiobooks are which which Jim reader? Dale. Oh, the only literally the one and only literally that man is like he so I listen to Harry Potter to go to sleep every night literally through high school every night that makes sense and when Brendan's gone I still do it so like I've listened to them all probably like at I mean I don't even know like 500 times each like I like (laughs) but I've slept through a lot of it yeah (laughs) but um yeah, so 
I sort of feel like Harry Potter's like my antidote to anxiety. Like if yeah. I'm stressed out, especially like I will turn it on and Jim Dale's soothing mm. 700 voices. Yeah. My mom got us for the fifth. So my little brother was born like right, right around the time that the fifth one came out. And so I remember like all of us, like even though like Russell and I were probably like too old to be like read to by our moms, but it was like oh. what we did. Like that's like how we experienced Harry Potter, even though even as a child, I would 100% would try to read it every time. I'd be like, mom, 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 like I'll read tonight. And every time she'd be like, no, <laughs> you're not going to read it. <laughs> um, like you wanted to read aloud to everyone else. Yes. Good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my mom rightly was like, no. Um, but we started reading the fifth one and Marshall would just like, she, he was like sitting in my mom's lap cause he was a baby and he would just close the book and I'd be like, listen, you're new here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my mom ended up getting us the audiobooks for uh, when we went down to the beach cause it was like a two day car trip. So like Russell would like start on a disc and then hand it to me and then I'd listen to it. And that was also the same year that we drove through a literal hurricane. And so I just remember, like, listening to book five and being like, if this is how I got to go, that's maybe okay. Um, But it's to the point, though, where, like, there are certain parts of the book that remind me of, like, places that I was when I listened to it. Yeah. But, I mean, Harry Potter, man. I know. And it holds up. I know. It holds up so much. Like, I haven't read these books since I was in high school. Because, like, I just, like, was reading other things, and I was in college, and I always felt like there were so many books that I wanted to Mm -hmm. read that it, like, made me feel almost guilty for, like, going back and reading them. But I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to read all of them. I just got this box set. I'm going to go for it. Um, And, like, God, like, they're so fucking (laughs) well-written. They really are. And they also, like, like, sometimes you go back and read stuff, and you're like, oh, like, this was clearly, like... I mean, how many years ago is it now? At least 15, right? Yeah, they were. the first one came out in, I think, 1998. But it's like, no, like, it's, like, nice to people of color. It's, yeah. like, you know, nice to women. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, and the it message is a includes very... Includes gay people. Yeah. Well, and I think that, um, like, I, it's not surprising to me going back and reading them as an adult why they spoke so much to me as a six-year-old, as a 15-year-old, as now a 25-year-old, and then also when adults read them. Because, like, my mom loved reading them. Like, it wasn't like she was like, ugh, like, wasn't like Like Captain Underpants or something. Right, like, she, it wasn't like when she had to, you know, endure us watching, like, Elmo or whatever, where it's like, this is really (laughs) not for me. It's almost like Pixar, where it's, like, really smart, and so, like, everybody of all ages can, like, really just enjoy it. But then, like, the lessons for children are so good. It's, like, don't jump to conclusions about people. Be accepting. Be, like, of an open heart. And, you know, it's just, like, really nice. But at the same time, like, Harry, Ron, and Hermione are so flawed. Like, it's, like, it's okay not to be... And that's one of my, as a grown-up, or, like, you know, someone who's, like, semi-masquerading as a grown-up. Right. Um... One of my favorite parts is that, like, these kids are kids. Like, I'm in the fourth one right now, and it's, like, I just finished the part with, like, the Yule Ball. Oh, my gosh. And Ron Immature and Harry <laughs> are the worst dates. Worst. And also so bad with women. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. And so it's just, like, that that Harry is our hero, and we love him, but it's, like, that he is, like, just a flawed little kid. See, like, I mean, I... Like, of course I love Harry, but, like, 
he's my the one I care about the least. Well, and I actually, I'm glad that you brought that up because I wanted to ask you, like, I feel like there's so many people who say, like, Harry is, like, not their favorite or, like, they don't like him or, like, there's, like, a lot of Harry hate out there, which I don't understand. No, I don't hate Harry. I guess I just prefer Other both Ron and Hermione to Harry. Yeah. Well, and I think with Harry Potter, there's, like, this idea to... You and I have talked about this when we've done, like, favorite, least favorite, where it's, like... um we try not to pick, like, the protagonist because right. it seems like... Well, because, like, Rachel and I... My cousin Rachel and I were talking the other day. She was like, yeah, it's funny. Like, Harry's not anyone's favorite character. And I was like, yeah, but I think he is. But it's, like, cheating to say him. Like, the story's about him. So if he's not your favorite, you wouldn't read it. Like, if you didn't like him or didn't care about what happened to him, I don't think you would go through reading Harry Potter because it's so much about him. Right. But I also do think that there are times that I'm like, wow, Harry's been, like, pretty annoying this entire book. For yeah. example... Uh, is it book five or book six? I think it's book five that when he's, he's like really real angsty. moody. Yeah, he is. But I just, I mean, like, I do get it. I, I excuse it. And I get why he's that way. Because nobody's telling him what's going on. And he just yeah. saw someone die and he's only 15. Yeah. Well, and I, I, but I also think too that like, Harry in some ways is the least like, like, character-y of the characters. Like, That's I think, true. Like, he's, like, the least identifiable. Mm-hmm. And so I think in some ways, like, that's why he works as a protagonist is because you're able to, like, fill him with yourself. Yes. Whereas, like, somebody like Hermione or even Ron, like, have very specific so personality full. traits. Well, and that's what's, I think, really, truly incredible about these books is that there are five million characters in them and each one of them is so full. Yeah. Like, they all come, like, as just, like, a full person when you meet them. And you can tell that she, that J.K. Rowling really cares yeah. about each person that's in the story, even though there are eight million of them. And they're right. all distinct from one another. Like, I think the only one who's probably just, like, a filler is, like, maybe, like, Seamus and Dean. They're pretty interchangeable. <laughs> but, like, everyone else is, like, and maybe, like, Parvati and Lavender are, like, the same. But it's, like, everyone else is so distinct. Yeah, although I, like, think, like, Pavardi is, like, hotter than Lavender. Yeah, probably. And Lavender is, like, pretty annoying when she dates Ron. <laughs> so, true. I mean, but, yeah, but, I mean, they're not, they're not necessarily, like, super fleshed out. Right. Like, well, like for can... sure, for sure, like, Neville and Harry and Ron are Ugh, the characters you care about. Neville. Like, Sh- Damus and... Seamus and Neville, you're like, I, shame, whatever. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. Seamus and Dean, like, whatever. I mean, although I did love the detail that Seamus's mom married his muggle dad and did not tell. No, I love that. And I love, I just, in book four, it was like, Dean, who is a very good drawer. And I was like, well, that's lovely. <laughs> Which, like, just to know that Dean's, like, good at drawing. That comes up again sweet. in book three, too, because they're like, oh, he could forge the Dursley signature. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, huh. You're just like, I already told McGonagall that I didn't have it. It's like, well, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Rookie mistake. I, I literally, I have been forging my mom's signature since the second grade on my reading <laughs> log. <laughs> so. I mean, if only Harry were on your level. I know. My level of deceit. It is quite like, I also decided though in book one, just how Harry is treated by the Dursleys. Oh my God, it's so is bad. so bad it's so bad it's so bad 
And his just genuine sweetness when he meets Ron. Like, I I was going to cry. I know. And I was like, whatever he does from this point on, anything that he does that is annoying or moody is excused. Because he will always be that little 11-year-old who was like, Harry didn't think that there was anything wrong with not having very much money. (laughs) And, like, just wanting to be friends with someone. And, like, oh, it is so sweet. I will say, like, Harry and Ron, and this is something that I've realized, um as more of an adult, like, as opposed... I think I took it for granted as a kid. Um, They have just a really lovely friendship. Like, Ron is a great... Like, even when they have that fight in book four and it's really horrible, like, Ron is a great friend to Harry for so much stuff. Like, you know, just... And they're good friends. You know, they're so defensive of each other and of Hermione, and it's, like, really lovely. Like, I don't... I think their friendship and, like, you don't watch The West Wing, but Leo and... Um, President Bartlett's friendship are probably, like, the two best male friendships that I've ever seen, like, rendered. Yeah. Well, so I will say Ron is my favorite character. Really? Yes. Um, Ron is the first crush I ever had. <laughs> like, a, like a book crush. Like, before Holden Caulfield, like, it was Ron. I do love that Ron is kind of like a, he's he's like an old woman in that he's, like, always kind of put out. And, like, a little complainy. But, it's like, it's very endearing. He is, like, the best friend you could ever have. Like, he is so loyal. Yes. Like, he also, I mean, as much as, like, everyone says, like, oh, well, he's really jealous of Harry. It's like, well, yeah. he's Only sometimes, though. But, like, he's also, like, always in the shadow and has been supportive of him for, like, so many things. Like, he's Mm -hmm. not jealous that Harry's the one that joins the Quidditch team. No. And, like, like, you know, he's just, like... Well, what Hermione says, I think, is so well, like, Hermione... In book four. Yeah, when yeah. she's like, I think it was just, like, one too many things right. that you were in the spotlight for. Well, and I think... Yeah, but I but I think, like, Ron has to be a good friend all the time to Harry, where Harry doesn't necessarily have to do as much, right. like, for Ron, just because Ron's not in, like, dire straits all the damn time. <laughs> um, but, um, I don't know. I just... I just think Ron is the best. I also like that, like, Ron is, like, a little, like, he's not too nicey-nicey. Like, that's no. what we have Hermione for. Like, the Although Hermione, emotional intelligence. She is so emotionally intelligent. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. Like, she, in um, book four, and I know we're supposed to only be talking about book one through three, but I don't It's care. fine. Go ahead. It's, it's what I want to do. Um, when Neville is really upset, like, Hermione's After not watching. So curse Moody thing. is performing the Cruciatus curse, yeah. and Hermione's not looking at the spider. She's looking at Neville's face and just that instinct. And then as soon as they leave, she's like, "Hurry up!" And they're like, "Oh, she wants to go to lunch." And then it's like, "No, she's trying to catch up with Neville because she can see that he's upset and she wants to talk to him and comfort him." And like, and just she, yeah, yeah, she's the best. She really is. But then she has like a really complex morality structure where like. She can justify some things and not other things. Like, in book three, she tattles on Harry and Ron all the time because she thinks (laughs) Harry's in danger, and it's amazing. Yeah. And yet, at the same time, she's keeping it a secret that Lupin is a werewolf. Yep. (laughs) Which is, like, very potentially dangerous. But she's, like, she trusts Lupin enough because he's a good teacher, 
And she just, like, decides, like, I trust this guy, and I bet he's not putting us in danger. She also keeps the secret that she has a time turner. Which for is... For the whole book. I love that, too, because it's, like, I feel like... Professor McGonagall told her, and she was like, I will keep the secret. I will keep this I will as a not secret. let you down. I will not let Harry and Ron know about it, which I think part of her, I like to think that she was just messing with them a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, it's ridiculous, though, because... Like, I don't know how they didn't figure it out. Because they're like, how are you possibly doing this? But they're not. I think Ron would just get distracted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so ADD. <laughs> Both of them were like. God bless them. They're just so dumb. Yeah. Ugh. I love that. And I love that they're both, like, bad at school. It's so sweet. Harry and Ron. Yeah. That, yeah. like. They just don't try. That Harry's, like, not a genius. Because he's like, well, it's just, like, I don't want to, like, have to study too much. Yeah. And it's not even that he's like, but I'm the chosen one, so I shouldn't have to. It's more just, like. He's just normal. It's just who he is. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, when you're compared to Hermione, like, oh I think God. that Harry's, like, a pretty good student. Yeah, he's, like, like, I think he's, like, a straight B student. Yeah, he's probably good. But, yeah. But, like, but compared Hermione to Hermione, is... he looks like the laziest, like, loser <laughs> on the block. Yeah. I love Hermione so fucking much. Wait, can we just go back to the Dursleys for, like, a hot sec? Yeah. So, like, I just, like... They are monsters. They're horrible. But also, so in the first chapter, they talk about... Like, like the Dursleys' awareness of the Potters, and I mm. just love to picture them at a party together, like yes. some kind of a family gathering. Yes, which like, which I imagine Sirius and Lupin being at, and Sirius being like, "This is fun, <laughs> just hot as hell." God, so that Sirius Black. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> my perceptions of adults in this have changed a little bit yeah and that like when I was a kid I was like Sirius is such like a nice like father figure and he's like your uncle and now I'm like dude this dude is hot no he's real hot this is is a this is a hot man yeah although I don't like I don't think Lupin's hot no no Lupin is is like your sweet best friend yeah who like you maybe marry because he's so damn nice and you are happy forever but like he's not hot yeah (laughs) <laughs> um, also, like, other questions that have occurred to me. Did James Potter just not have a job? I think he was an or. No, he was not. So, on, it, like, it basically, like, has come out, or, like, I think J.K. Rowling at one point said that, like, he just inherited a lot of money and did not work. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> I always, wait, because when did we okay, find out he's not an or? It's, well, we never, it's just never, it's never said in the books that he had a job at all. I always just assumed he probably worked for, like, the ministry or something. I, okay, no, I think he just didn't have a job because the other thing, too, is, like, the with the timeline, like, they have Harry really young. Yeah, they must. So, like, I think that they basically get married when they're, like, 18 <laughs> and have Harry by the time that they're 20 because, like, by, like, if you do all the math on it, like, they're, like, not that old. No. And so, like, I think basically, like, James and Lily Potter were, like, living off, <laughs> like, also, though, like, they were in hiding for a part of the time, too, mm-hmm. so, like, how, he probably Definitely couldn't work. Working. Yeah. Well, also, like, so was Voldemort, like, very much at large, like, while they were at school? Because they don't talk about that. They're, like, Remus and Sirius were, like, those are the best times of our lives, and you're, like, well, was Voldemort not, like, a thing? I don't think, I think maybe after they left, but, Yeah. But I thought he started killing people, like, as soon as he leaves school, which was, like, 50 years ago. Well, yeah, but he's still, like, Tom Riddle at that point, though. Okay. Right? Yeah. Which I love 
just to dip into Chamber of Secrets for a second, I love that his name is Tom Riddle and he wants to rearrange it so that he can have a different name. And because he doesn't want to have his his quote unquote filthy muggle father's name, who we do find out his dad was kind of a dick. Yeah, he. But his was. mom was flawed and tricked him. His mom was like she essentially gave him very a love, was very abused. Yeah, well, but also gave him a love potion. Right. That's why. So that was wrong. That was a bad call. Right, but she also like was literally trying to escape from an abusive yeah like horrible. family situation all around bad. Basically, yeah. your your perfect situation to create a serial killer psychopath like tom riddle right um but i love AKA that like the ted bundy of his exactly <laughs> exactly um i love that he rearranged his name not with just tom or not just to make out of the letters to make like tom riddle or something but he's like he must have wanted to get to voldemort and then was like i've got a fucking eye in my name that i have to account for <laughs> and so yeah. it was like all right i am lord voldemort yeah i'm like how did he even come up with that I don't Like, know. was he just, like, messing I think he, around with, like, letters? I think he probably typed it into anagrams.com <laughs> and came up with it. And then immediately went to all of his creepy Slytherin friends and was like, all right, guys, I am Voldemort now. <laughs> <laughs> Not just Voldemort, Lord Voldemort. I guess. I mean, yeah, I so I guess. part of the landed gentry. So, no, so he had to have been at large because the people, like, he met at school became, like, the first Death Eaters. Yeah. So, but it might have to, well, I think, I think Dumbledore at one point says after Tom left school, he, like, took some time traveling around to study the dark arts. Because he does come back to, we find out, I think, in either six or seven, that he does come back to Hogwarts to to ask for for a job. So he probably, and then after that was really when he started, like, taking names. But... I also wonder from book two, did he get the Horcrux idea because he wanted to leave his diary behind? And then he was like, wait, I could go bigger? I don't know. Because in book two, he says, like, I decided, I knew I couldn't open the chamber again while I was at school, so I left behind a diary with, like, basically instructions. And we find out later that book in that the diary is one of his horcruxes so i think he like learned how to do it so he could do that and then was like wait well right and that's when he asked slughorn like Mm -hmm. can you make seven of these (laughs) (laughs) and um he's like i mean i guess but i i so enjoyed the realization that tom riddle is a hundred percent like a sociopath yeah not just like i think as a kid i was like yeah he's like evil and i just accepted it but reading this, I was like, wait, how is he a head boy? And he, he was head boy, and, like, a lot of his teachers loved him. And then you just realize that he was a fucking psycho. Right. Well, I mean, it also, like, helps that he, like, looks nice and, like, yeah. comes he from... really hot. And, and he also... He's Ted Bundy. <laughs> right. Well, and he also comes from, like, basically the exact same background as Harry, where he's, yeah. like, the poor orphan boy who, like, has all the cards stacked against him, and right. you, like, root for him. Totally. Yeah. Although Harry, like, has the ability to love, and that's yeah. the big difference. <laughs> and that is what conquers all. Heck yeah. Um, other questions. Where are Harry Potter's grandparents? So I guess they both died. Dead. dead. They're dead. <laughs> Because mostly, I think, is a plot device because we couldn't have him having, like, some other family around. Right. And then... But so so those grandparents had to have died very young as well. (laughs) I guess. Well, I mean... Maybe Voldemort killed them, too. 
Maybe. I could see that. Yeah. If he was trying to get to the Potters. It could be. Who knows? Some of those, like, background questions are just, like, best left on that. I know. <laughs> but I guess, I. but it's sort of, like, I was thinking about it when we were, like, at the mirror of Aristotle and stuff. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, who are, like, where are, that, all, these, the where are all these people? Broke my little heart I this know, time. it's really sad. That just, like, all this poor little boy wants. Is a family. Is a family. And then, like, I thought it was fascinating that he doesn't want to look for the Sorcerer's Stone anymore after he, like, can see his family. Because it, and then you realize that Harry's, like, obsession with, like, knowing everything and, like, solving mysteries and doing that kind of thing is completely um, because he doesn't have parents. And, like, and then at 11 years old was told that he had a whole, like, life that he wasn't told about. Right. Well, and he also was, like, essentially told he couldn't ask any questions the entire yeah. time that he lived at the Dursley's house. And so, yeah. like, when he's put into the magical world like basically everything is a question and he's allowed to ask yeah but I also love too that so like Hermione grew up in a muggle household and her like her response to not having all the facts is I'm gonna read every book and I'm gonna know right everything and Harry's like no I'll just ask when I have a question and don't worry (laughs) about it because Harry will be like yeah I don't know anything about that and Hermione will it's like well Harry like you could have cracked a book you could have read something. So what house do you think you would be in? I'm Ravenclaw. Okay. See, I've been sorted. Okay, so as, as am I. I'm, I was also sorted into Ravenclaw. But like, I feel like... feel that you're not? N- well, I guess... I guess it sort of depends, like, how you... Act, like, different people kind of characterize the houses differently. Interesting. And I think the problem is, is that, like, there aren't a lot of characters in Ravenclaw that I really like. Oh. And so, like, I mean... I, I would say Ravenclaw doesn't figure very heavily. Like, we have Luna and we have Cho. And that's, that's really it. it. And, like, they never even really and, have classes with them. And, like, Terry Boot. Like, we don't know a damn thing about him. Yeah. Marietta Edgegram, the pimple girl. <laughs> like, I mean, it's <laughs> just girl. like... Yeah, I mean, it's just not... And, like, and I don't, I don't feel like a Luna. No, my understanding of Ravenclaw was always that they're, like, in, they're, like, they're very interested in the pursuit of knowledge, but they also can be, like, a little bit different. Or, like, they're interested in wit and, like, individuality. Okay. Um, Which is why I feel very comfortable in Ravenclaw. Because I guess, like, the other thing, too, it's, like, so how do you read Gryffindor? Because, like, in some ways, I think Gryffindor can be read as, like, people who are like a little bit rash or like put yes. like reason behind yeah. like their emotions. I think my understanding of Gryffindor really came um when J.K. Rowling said something in defense of Hufflepuff that like literally made me cry. God bless, yeah. Where she was saying that when the Battle of Hogwarts happens in book seven, almost all of the Gryffindors and almost all of the Hufflepuffs mm-hmm. fight and, like, half of the Ravenclaws fight, and then, like, most of the Slytherins leave. fight for the Death Eaters or leave. Yeah. And and she's, like, the Gryffindors, like, are, like, a foolhardy bunch. Like, they do things because it's, like, for, for valor, basically, and, like, right. for ego. But, like, Hermione is not like that. But she's also, like, she's, like, I also think that, like, Gryffindors, sorry, I think that was my Should I turn that off? Yeah. I only turned it on when I was waiting for you in case, like, you couldn't see me. Sorry. Um, 
Gryffindors, I think, like, they stand up for what they think is right. And, like, they don't... Like, I think a Hufflepuff might be a little quieter in a situation of injustice. Or, like, maybe, like... I guess. But think about, like, Ernie McMillan. Yeah, I do love Ernie McMillan. But, I mean, I love, he, like, he's, like, the definition of somebody who stands up for what's right. Or, like, Cedric Diggory. That's true. I do love, in book two, Ernie's, like, hot out the take, like... You are the heir of Slytherin. Like, <laughs> I saw what you did to Justin Fitch Fletchley, and I'm not having any of it. And then as soon as it's, like, proven, he's like, hey, listen, I know you never would have attacked Hermione. But he also says it in front of everyone. <laughs> like, he's like, like, that's one of the hardest things to do is to not only apologize to somebody, yeah. but do it publicly. Well, I also, so, but, so what I think is the difference, though, then, um, because, like, Hufflepuffs do that because it's the right thing to do. Right. Whereas a Gryffindor, like, Harry has, like, blind loyalty to people. And, like, so does Ron. Yeah. And Hermione. Yeah. And it's, like, we like the characters that they stand up for, but it's, like, but they do it because, like, they're loyal to that person, not because it's, like, the right thing to do. Right. But I guess, like, it's just hard because it's, like, they give all the good, like, like, I sort of feel like McGonagall is really a Ravenclaw sometimes like or like I think of her like in that way and I think of Hermione as like fitting into Ravenclaw too see where I see that Hermione fits more into Gryffindor is like when you see that she like really stands up for Neville and and also like is willing to bend the rules like when she feels like she needs to and also like that she'll um like in the sixth book she confunds someone so that they don't make the Quidditch team and Ron can and, like, Hermione could, like, almost be a Slytherin. <laughs> She's, like, working out of her own rule book. Well, and Harry could also almost be a Slytherin. Yeah. Which is, like, I mean, the whole thing. But, yeah. yeah well, I, I think Slytherin is, like, the most, because everyone's like, oh, well, they're bad. But I think it's more, like, they're very ambitious. And they don't, they don't really care about, um, I'm trying to think of, like, who I would characterize as, like, a good Slytherin. I almost have to, like, go to a Game of Thrones character. Well, like, I would say, like, Arya Stark, I would now consider to be kind of a Slytherin. Or, like, maybe Bronn. Oh, yeah, Bronn's 100%. I've yeah. definitely sorted him into Slytherin in my, in the Moleskine But he's a, he's a good, he's a good Slytherin, though. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like, he's out for himself, and he's, like, openly out for himself. But he's not a bad person. No. Um... But, but yeah. I guess that's the same with, like, Slughorn, who's, like, Slughorn's not actually an evil person. Like, right. like that's the thing, is that most of Slytherin that we see is, like, well, actively bad. When you have those qualities, it's so easy to be bad. Right. But, I mean, it's, like, they don't really have very many complex characters in Slytherin. No, Drago's a straight-up monster. He's horrible. Like, you have, like, Crab and Goyle, who are, like, rocks. Yeah. Um, Pansy Parkinson is terrible. She's evil. I mean, you don't, like, you don't have anybody who you're like, oh, like, you know, they're all right. I mean, you have my favorite character, Blaze Beanie. Love him. <laughs> who's that? He's the one um, whose mother, like, he's in the slug club in book six, and his mother, like, murdered a bunch of her husbands. Like, she's, like, a really, like, famous, like, witch whose, like, husbands all died mysteriously. Like, it's, like, a throwaway line. And I'm like, I want to know about Blaze <laughs> Beanie and his hot mom. Um... But yeah, but so like he comes in like later in the books. I don't think, yeah. Like I think he's sorted in the first book, but like I don't think we see him really yeah. till later. Honestly, I could make the case for Hermione being in any one of the houses, and not Hufflepuff. Oh, I could make like that she stands up for Neville and like she, I think she does what she thinks is right, and but like, she's so smart. 
Yeah, but Hufflepuffs can use Cedric Diggory smart, I guess. <laughs> like, I feel like, I don't know that, I like, I guess my feeling about Cedric Diggory is that he's a tryhard. Like, he's somebody but who, Hermione, like... But Hermione, like, we don't know, Hermione is, like, kind of like a Rory Gilmore, where it's like, we don't know that she's actually smart, she just reads a lot. Like, she's the definition, I think, of a tryhard. Like, she does she so is, much She is, but stuff. she also, like, clearly has a photographic memory. Like, yeah, I mean, she, she like, yeah. like, I mean, she, she retains everything. Yeah. Like, Cedric Diggory is, like, somebody who, like, I feel like just, like, literally went home every day and did, like, all of his homework and all Put the extra credit. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, like, I don't, I don't think he's necessarily, like, a genius. Yeah, maybe not. But, but I think, like, he definitely tried harder in school than um, Harry and Ron. Yeah. Interesting. But I think, yeah, it does get... I think people tend to see the houses differently, and it can be... But but well, I guess... Like, the house we're following most closely is Gryffindor. Right. Well, and I guess... So here's the thing. Like, I feel like one of my main qualities is loyalty. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like... Yeah. Like, one of my better qualities is that I'm a very good friend. Yes. And, like, will fight anybody who messes with my people. So do you feel like you're a Hufflepuff? No, see, I feel like that would be in Gryffindor. You, I would say, because I regardless, make the case that you'd be in Gryffindor. But and I would say, like, even if my friend is wrong, I would back them. Yeah, which is I feel like more of a Gryffindor move than a Hufflepuff. Move. Hufflepuff move would be like, listen, I want to tell you why you're wrong. Hufflepuff move would be like, guys, let's just get along, which like <laughs> that's not my move, but um, but then I also feel like. I am intellectual as well. But so, I don't know. I guess... I think you're correctly sorted into Ravenclaw, but I could see you as a Gryffindor. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if you said you were a Gryffindor. Okay. But I also feel like it's always... It's almost, like, surprising to me when people are sorted into Gryffindor because it feels like the standard for it seems like you have to almost, like... Want it? Well, that and it's, like, you have to, like... Like, Harry is, like, consistently tested and, like, goes through all these, like, crazy adventures. And, like, it's, like, what about just a normal, like, your run-of-the-mill Gryffindor? Because, like, the Creevy brothers were in Gryffindor. It's, like, why? Are you kidding me? They're, like, the bravest of the brave. They're very cute. I mean, but I mean, like, they're, like, taking pictures all the time. Well, right. But they also literally have no fear at all. Like, they have no fear of humiliation. That's true. They have no fear of rejection. (laughs) Like, and, like... They sneak into the Battle of Hogwarts oh, to fight. Yeah. I mean, like I like I feel like the Creevies yeah that's belong true. in I Gryffindor. About that. Um, but like in like Neville, it's like they put him in Gryffindor, and it's like because he's like he's gonna blossom so much. Oh my into, god, like, Gryffindor! <laughs> oh my god, he's the bravest delight. of them all. <laughs> he's the most Gryffindor of them all. Which like oh god, like Snape is so mean. In in the first book when um. Malfoy like says he's not brave enough to be in Gryffindor <laughs> and then it's like it's you're like, dead wrong Malfoy <laughs> just wait till book seven Malfoy like <laughs> I almost burst into tears in book three reading it um when Remus or Lupin is taking them to fight the Boggart for the first time oh. and Snape is like oh like watch out Neville's like a fucking idiot <laughs> <laughs> and, and Lupin is like um Actually, I was hoping, I was rather hoping that he would help me. And then, like, in book four, 
um, Moody, who is an imposter, but like he <laughs> he calls Neville back after the class, and like Harry thinks to himself because he's like, yeah, he was telling me that Professor Sprout had told him that I was like really good at herbology, and he was like, and Harry thinks to himself that it was really nice that, that Moody like took the time said that, yeah, because Neville so rarely he's like Neville so rarely heard like that he was good at anything yeah and then he's like it was something that Professor Lupin might have done and I was like I miss him so if we can transition into my two favorite characters Lupin and Sirius Black yeah I mean I I'm definitely more of a serious girl myself but I mean I I love I love Lupin I don't have that same I adoration love him siren outside See, we're, we're in the elements. Yeah. <laughs> Live in a dangerous part of town. Well. <laughs> I, I do not at all. Um, it's probably an old person. Book dying. three is, well, do you want to do, like, do you want to do character ratings and the book ratings? Yeah. Okay. Before we can, and then we can talk about um, our favorite elements. Um, my favorite characters, I did a top five. That did not include Harry, Ron, or Hermione. Because okay. I feel like those are obvious choices. Yeah. Like, obviously. Do you want to do one and one? Just so that, like, I don't want you to steal all my characters. Okay, I sure. Like, I just had all the same ones. Okay, okay. So, in no particular order, I have Fred and George. Yeah. Because they're big brothers till the end. Yeah. And I love them. Okay, that was going to be my first one. So, okay. give me a minute. Okay. Um, and did you include Sirius Black on this list? Yes. Or, okay. Well, so, I'm going to say Sirius Black then. Okay. Hagrid. Yeah. Okay. Um, Professor McGonagall. Yeah, I have her on my list, too. And then I have Lupin. Lupin would not be on my list, but let me... I mean, I, I really, really like Lupin, but... That's fair. Um, Molly Weasley, maybe. I do love me some Molly Weasley. The idea that Ron wrote her a letter saying I don't and just the fact that Ron would even think to put that in this letter about the present yes yes that that, yeah that Harry wasn't expecting gifts I had that in my notes too (laughs) which is so sad also that okay so in book four I just want to mention quickly because I couldn't figure out how to condense this into a tweet the Dursleys send Harry for Christmas a single (laughs) tissue (laughs) which is the funniest thing that I have ever heard because they did not, it's like basically being like, we didn't forget that it's Christmas to send you a gift, but also, fuck you. I know. Like, what? Just don't <laughs> send anything. I know. It's like, so they paid postage on that? Like, or is this a situation where Hedwig showed up and was like, <laughs> excuse <the> me? <laughs> did they wrap it? Like, I don't know. I love it. Um. Yeah, well, and so, so yeah, so Ron writes his mom and is like, hey, my best friend Harry, like, he doesn't have any family, and ma- so maybe you could, like, send him some fudge or something. And, like, she knits him a sweater. sweater and a she knits fam- him one every year. She knits him a sweater, so, like, which is essentially saying, like, you're a part of my family. Yeah. Which is all Harry's ever wanted. No, and Fred and George bust in, they're like, hey, Harry got one too, that's cool. I, I love Fred and George. Like, reading it now, I'm like, I have a crush on Fred and George. Me too. Fred, in book four, it says that Fred was dancing, like, almost, like, dangerously. He was yeah. dancing so hard at the yeah. Yule Ball, and I was like, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. I want to be in. He also, like, I, I also just love that, like, compared to Harry and Ron with their, like, ineptitude with women, like, 
he's just like, yo, Angelina, you want to go to the ball with me? And she's like, all right. And it's like, like wow, how nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love them. And you can so tell that J.K. Rowling adores them. Cause, yeah. Well, first of all, there's a section, I think it's in book two, where they sing the Hogwarts alma mater song. And Dumbledore encourages... Oh, it's in book one. Yeah. Dumbledore encourages everyone to sing it in, in their the own manner tune. they choose. And yeah. Fred and George make a snap choice in tandem to sing it as a funeral dirge, <laughs> which is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. So have you ever read the, um, the like, meme that's like, God bless um, Fred and George for... Um, never giving Ron shit for having a guy named Peter <laughs> P- Peter sleeping in his bed for his whole life. <laughs> um, <laughs> which, like, <laughs> reading all the parts of Scabbers are so much more fucked up now. <laughs> like, that, like, like, first of all, it makes me wonder in, like, book one when Ron does that spell to turn him yellow. I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe that was a good spell and it just didn't work because he was actually a it's wizard. a human. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, like, you're you're being unfair to Fred and George this time. Um, and just, like, him biting Goyle and stuff. Like, like all everything Scabbers does now, like, chewing on the sheets, I'm like... Yuck, like, <laughs> what is your motive, sir? What are you doing? Like, well, sleeping think... on Harry's pillow? I'm like, get out of here. Yeah, I think he just, like, got pretty used to being a rat, probably. Like, if you're a rat that long, I feel like you're, you get used to being a rat. I don't know. He, he is gross. <laughs> Horrible. That whole, like, so book three, so what's your favorite book? Of these three? Or of all? Of all. You can do, like, if they're too tied. Well, I think book five is my favorite. Book five is, like, a very... I haven't read it again yet, but since I've read book three most recently, I'm very confident in saying book three is my favorite. But book five is, like... I used to always say that they were my two favorites. Yeah, I really... I also really like book six because of the pensive parts. Um, And I... I like parts of book four. Like, I really like the Barty Crouch storyline. Mm. I do not care about the Triwizard Tournament. I do. I will say, like, in that regard, I do like it when J.K. Rowling sets up these little mysteries for us. Yes. Like, misinformation, I feel like, is a big theme in the books as a whole. Because, like, in book one, like, Harry makes the wrong assumption immediately that Snape is the one that's trying to get to the Sorcerer's Stone. And he right. only... And it's convinces like self- Ron and Hermione. It's so good. And that is when it's like, and I walked in and there was a man in there, but it wasn't Snape. And you're like, you're kidding. Um, well, because it's total, like, every, all the clues, it makes sense why you would come to that conclusion. But it's like, he's just not looking at the full picture, which right. is understandable because he's 11. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, Hermione like, should have known better. I know, she really should have. Um, she just wasn't looking around to see the right. quarrel as well. Um which maybe that's why she's a Gryffindor. Yeah, maybe. She's not scanning the whole <clears throat> field. Yeah, which like also, I never really thought about it that much because I'm like, oh, you know, the wizarding world, everyone's quirky. But like, could Quirrell have picked a weirder character to play? <laughs> like he's a guy who, we- who wears a turban and stutters all the time. Yeah. And like... I- also, Dumbledore, could you have hired a worse <laughs> teacher? Did he seem together to you? 
<laughs> That's. I feel like Dumbledore, his primary concern when hiring teachers is like, do you need a job? <laughs> do you really need to be off, off the streets? <laughs> I, mean, also, I mean, like, D- Gilderoy Lockhart didn't need a job. And you do find out later that he was the only applicant. But also, right. Snape has wanted that job forever. Right. And I guess maybe he thought it would be harder to find a new potions teacher. But, like... Well, although, I mean, also the other thing, though, is that Dumbledore knows that that job has, like, it's never been held for more than a year. And so if he gave it to Snape, then he probably mm. would leave. Cursing him. Yeah. So That's maybe true. he was protecting him in that regard. But yeah, <laughs> it well, does like seem Filch, like... it's like he does such, like... <laughs> a terrible he job. He has this crazy set of logic. Like, he really <laughs> operates on his own set of rules. <laughs> He's, like, a little abusive. He's 100% abusive. He's yeah. He's way too into his cat, which I do find kind of funny when he's, like... Well, so, like, there's obviously... in book two by where she got petrified. Oh. It's very sad, but, but also there's a also funny like, thing to think about. There's also, like, weird stuff with squibs and cats, because um, mm-hmm. Mrs. Fig also has, like, all of her cats. Right. So, like, there must be something there where, really like... makes them feel a little bit more magical. Well, and maybe, like... That's the only thing squibs can do is communicate with cats or something. I don't know. But I don't know. I haven't seen him and Crookshanks together much, so I don't know. I do like how smart Crookshanks is. Like the I idea love that she was he was following orders from Sirius Black is very cool. Yeah, Crookshanks is Crookshanks is cool. Like Sirius sends Crookshanks to send the order form for the firebolt, which is a hilarious image. Like yeah. a cat like trotting into a post office and being like, I have business here. <laughs> Yeah, well, also, though, like, pretty mean of Crookshanks to steal Never- Neville's passwords. <laughs> because, like, like, ne- like he's bullied after that. Because they- Even by Professor McGonagall. I know. She's so mean to him after. Oh, that's, so- it hurts so much. But, like, Crookshanks. He didn't lose it. I know. It's like Crookshanks knew that, like, oh, they'll- this one's weak. <laughs> Well, and, like, Neville always forgot the password, so they're, like, he'll be, like, no one will question and, this. And Sirius is able to, like, communicate, like, this rat is bad and you should try to kill it. And Crookshanks is, like, got it. Like, I will be breaking <laughs> in every night. <laughs> I, I love, love too, like, Hermione's, like, betrayal when they haven't found out that Sirius is a good guy yet. That Crookshanks is, like, I'm going to be chilling with Sirius. He is my true master. I also like when, um... Like, Crookshanks tries to kill Scabbers right off the bat in the yes. pet store. <laughs> Immediate distrust. Yeah. Love it. Great instincts, that cat. Yeah. Very fun. God bless. Um, let's see. So, do you want to hear, like, my... Th- like, I, I had a really good theory that I frankly think J.K. Rowling should have used in the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> because, like, I was... when At the time the books were coming out, like, I had to... Because, I mean, obviously that's what you would do is you'd call your friends and theorize. Mm-hmm. So I thought mm-hmm. that the Sorting Hat was going to be a Horcrux. Ooh. And that, like, that's why it tried to put Harry and Slytherin. Interesting. And because there's, like, one of the Hogwarts songs talk about how, like, Gryffindor pulled the hat off his head. So I'm like, oh, so it was definitely his hat, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it could have been a founder's object. Oh. Um. So, but anyway. then if they destroy it, like I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But like I thought that would well, like they didn't have any. Like I was very that would have been like a very like heartbreaking Horcrux almost. It's like a it hard one to destroy. Yeah, it would have been a damn diadem. 
<laughs> right, which like comes out of nowhere. I know. But that's the thing though. It's like that would have been a more satisfying reveal to me than the mm-hmm. lost diadem, which I had never heard of. Which I was like, great, now they have to find Or Hufflepuff's cup. Like it's like who cares about those? But it's like, but they never had an item of Gryffindors, and so I was like certain yeah. that was gonna be the thing. Yeah. But that would make sense. But I guess it's like really like the sword is the thing that destroyed whatever, blah 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 blah. <laughs> But I also, so my favorite, I think the reason that books three and five are my favorites is because they deal the most with Sirius and Lupin. Okay. And the Marauders are 100% without question my absolute favorite part of the books. Okay, even James Potter though, who kind of sucks. Well, just the idea of them. And I think like why I like loved them so much is that like one of the things that always broke my heart about Harry was that he never could share um Hogwarts with his parents and he yeah. could never like come home and like tell them about school and have them like talk to him about their his like their like school days yeah and I loved that like Lupin and Sirius could be that window into like the humanity of his parents yeah. whereas everyone else always like really made them into heroes and like Sirius and Lupin definitely have like very high opinions of Harry's parents which is why I love the chapter where he finds out that his dad was kind of a dick Especially, like, bullied Snape. It, that, I hate that part. Really? Well, I mean, but like, I love it when he go like, Harry's like, I need to talk about this with... No, 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 no. Well, I just, I guess... I mean, I hated finding that out, but I think it's such, like, a cool Like, I choice. skip that chapter in the pensive, because I don't like listening to it. Oh, I always, um, the second time that I read The Deathly Hallows, I wasn't ready to, like, be on board with Snape yet, and I skipped... Um, the chapter where you find basically all about him because it disgusted me that he was in love with Lily. Really? It disgusted me. Do you now, still feel that way? No. You were like the only person I've ever I met. was so upset. Like, Why? I, felt, I don't know. For some reason to me, it like tainted. Like ever, like the reason I don't, I love the chapter where Harry finds out that his dad was kind of a bully. But it also tainted their relationship to me, like, Lily and James's. That's what I like, felt like. Like, when Harry's, like, you know, my mom, like, didn't like him. And they were like, no, nah, like, it was whatever. And so there's no no longer any reason that they're together to me. Yeah. Um. And then, like, the idea that, like, Snape was always so in love with her and had, like, this, like, really pure love. Like, I don't know. For the first time I read it, I was, like, I was sickened. And I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so now I, guess, I feel, now it just makes me very sad. I guess how I feel, like, I felt similarly that now I really had no idea, like, what Lily and James were, like, together, and it, like, yeah. I couldn't really imagine them getting together, which I think also is how Harry feels. Yeah. And then, like, Lupin's like, no, no, like, they grew up and, like, then liked each other, but, yeah. like, we don't see any of that. No. And so... It's like I root for Snape over James. Like mm-hmm. I don't really care about James. Now James is dead to me. Don't care about him. <laughs> well, and I also I love that Sirius and Remus are such grown-ups in, in so far. Like I think in book 5 you see that Sirius is a little Sirius bit. Sirius is, but I think like But I like it. Oh, in all the best <laughs> ways. Um but I think it's like in book 5 it's almost more that he's pushed by being kept like off to the sidelines while he feels like important stuff is happening and Harry's like kind of in danger um which like dude Snape breaking or Sirius breaking out of Azkaban because he thinks Harry might be in trouble is the hottest thing 
Like, no, he is. is willing, he does, he, like, could escape from Azkaban, potentially at any time he wanted, but he just sits in there until he finds out that, like, Wormtail might be endangering Harry. And then the first thing he does when he gets out is he tries to get a glimpse of Harry on Privet Drive, and he's like, I'm real, and, like, in his little letter to him at the end of the book, he's like, I'm sorry if I scared you, and also, Ron can have this owl pigwidgeon and like in a lot of his letters in book four he's always like oh my best to her ron and hermione it's like you don't have to put that in there he's so so nice nice. like he's a good person i think is what you see like and he's also fun yeah he's like like he gets him his firebolt yes and he's (sighs) like because i missed all your birthdays and he finds out harry like his scar hurts and he's like i'm coming right now oh god god (laughs) That man. I love him. Also, like, oh, God. But I, yeah, the Marauders, for whatever reason, are just, I cannot get enough of them. Well, I think, too, like, they're also a very, like, similar group to Harry, Ron, and Hermione in Mm -hmm. that, like, Harry and James are the same. Sirius and Ron are the same as, like, the rash but loyal friends. Yeah, but Ron, I don't think, is as hot as Sirius. Okay. Well, you can <laughs> you can hold that to yourself. Is Hermione Lupin? And Hermione's Lupin. Yes, she's, like, the thoughtful, fair one. And that does make sense because Lupin and Hermione get along, like, very well. Really well. It's actually adorable. Like, when... And then I guess, like, the good thing they didn't have a they fourth have person a who would they betray them. Yeah. Maybe Ginny. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the movie version. The movie version of Ginny is Wormtail. There. <laughs> no chemistry with Harry at all. No personality. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Whereas book Ginny is like kind of great. Like I would love to have Sansa Stark in there. Oof. Oh. Oof. <laughs> she would have been like 12. Like <laughs> when Harry was Harry 25. But um, whatever. Doesn't. I mean honestly though like is Harry the same age as Joe Jonas? I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, maybe. So. so. But at the time. Yeah, I it know. I know, I know, I know, I know. Whatever. I don't think she would even be at Hogwarts yet. Whatever. <laughs> um, But yeah, like. They should have recast that girl, though. Like, I'm sorry. When they realized she did not blossom into, like, a fire An actress. <laughs> <laughs> or, like. <laughs> I mean, like, she could have played, like, a chambermaid. Or something like that. Yeah, she was she was a bummer. Um, <laughs> but, like, I love when they're in the Shrieking Shack in book three, and there's, like, a part where Hermione's like, um, can I ask a question? And it literally says, of course, Hermione, Lupin said courteously. I like, know. I love, they're, like, they're back at school all of a sudden. Or, like, when she's, like, um, when she immediately, she figures out, that Lupin is on Sirius's side and immediately before asking any more questions is like, no, listen, he's a werewolf. He's been, (laughs) (laughs) he's a werewolf. He's been helping him sneak into the castle this whole time and blah, blah, blah. And Lupin's like, not up to your usual standards, only one for three. And I was like, that is like baller. You did say that to a 13 year old, but I find that oddly hot that like, I don't know. He's just such a good teacher and just like, I don't find him hot. I think he's so, like, encouraging to his students. Like, again, he's, like, yeah. he's not the one, like, I think Sirius is, like, he's, like, the Idris Elba. Like, <laughs> he's, the, he's the, the very hot one. Yeah. 
But then Lupin is the one that, like, you would have just, like, a really beautiful marriage with. So you mean, uh, like, he's, his oh, partner? Yes! He's, um, so, like, Sirius is Luther, and then, um, Justin. Remus is, uh, DCI Ripley. Who, I just watched the episode where he died. And literally, I I was on the plane, but, like, if I had not been on the plane, I would have texted you, like, are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Yeah, it's, it's a huge sadness. Like, heart-wrenching. Yeah. Horrible. Came out of nowhere. Nothing, I've never wanted anything less. Like, why couldn't we have killed um, the sneaky lady? Yeah. Instead. She should have been dead. Or even Mary. I mean, the only person I like better is Alice. <laughs> Or even um, Luther's girlfriend that I don't think deserves Oh, I don't it. care about her. I hate her. No, I don't care about her. Rachel was like, why don't you like her? And I was like, well, I don't know. Mostly she has, she's not me. <laughs> she has zero personality at all. Like, she's just as a pixie as yeah, Alice Yeah, she falls says. in love with him because he hit her with her car. No, she hit him with her car. Right. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um... Have you heard the theory that the reasons the Dursleys are so mean is because Harry's a horcrux? <laughs> and, oh, like, he's been living. Yeah. <laughs> and that, like, he makes them unhappy. I mean, that would make sense because, like, they are, like, absurdly <laughs> cruel to him. I know. And they also seem pretty happy in Chapter 1. Yeah. Chapter 1 is, like, very amusing. Like, it's just... J.K. Rowling's writing style is so bouncy. It's yeah. so enjoyable. And I will say it's so interesting that it never occurred to me that I might have said this on this podcast before, but it never occurred to me that her writing style um, was her writing style and not just like the way that the Harry Potter series needs to be told because she has the same style in casual vacancy and her detective novels. Never read any of them. I really like casual vacancy was a good book. It was a bummer, but it was a good book. All right. Um, I really like her detective novels. I think you might like them too. I probably They're kind would. Of fun. I it's like, like detectives. A private detective. His name oh, is okay. Corman Strike, and he's kind of rough around the edges. He's mm. got like I probably some battle like wounds. It's mm. good stuff. Um, I find them very enjoyable. But to hear about like adult themes in that yeah in that voice is a little interesting. But I also loathe in book six when like Harry's having his sexual awakening of like <laughs> the beast in his chest. Like I, I'm interested hate to read that, that as like a grown up person. I hate it. Yeah. It makes me it came very out of uncomfortable. It to me when I was a kid. And so now I'm kind of interested to see where it's going. Well, because I also, I don't think we I also don't liked... know that we, I don't know that we were like old enough at that point that we were like through puberty all the six, way. Were six we... might have come out when I was like 14. Okay. So we're like right on the cusp. I was like in it, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also, I think I always maybe read Harry as either slightly older than me or my age, no matter what. Yeah. Um. Well, anyway, I will just say that part I hate. Yeah. Like, I, I adore, like, like, the Hermione and Crumb, like, courtship oh. and, like, all of that stuff. Like, I don't like to hear about, like, feeling, like, hot and warm <laughs> and crap. Like, I do ugh. love, I love Harry's response to women before he's interested in them. Like, where in book two, it literally says, like, they're, like, Lockhart throws, like, a Valentine's Day party, <laughs> and everyone, and literally it says, hot all over at the thought of getting a Valentine. Like, Harry is, like, like, having an anxiety attack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, getting hives at the idea yeah. of, like, someone paying attention to him. But, like, other, like, 
tinges of sexuality that I do not mind are like Ron checking out Madame Ross Murta at the <laughs> pub <laughs> or like stuff like I that. Even like I even like Hermione and Ron kind of blossoming into liking yes, each other. I love because that. it's very believable where it's like Ron is like he won't ask her to the ball until like later because he's like still maybe not even aware that he likes her. Right. And then gets so pissed. <laughs> that she's there with Crumb to the point where I love that there's the detail that he because she's like well who has his figurine next to their bed like you really don't get to judge me for like dating him and then he breaks it <laughs> puts it under his bed I know like <laughs> I love that it's like don't meet your heroes Ron because they will date the girl that you like and don't know yet <laughs> yeah well but they like also it's like so it becomes clear in book four that they like each other, yeah. and they I don't get together until two. book seven. Yeah, no, because they're clues. Where it's like Ron is always the one who's like, when as soon as Hermione's petrified, he's like, he's like, is she okay? And like, I love the detail, like when she was turned into a cat, that he and Harry went to see her every, every single day. night. Yeah, I know. Because sometimes they can be trash friends to Hermione, I and know. I really like. That they're like, like in book de- three, they're devoted to her. Yes, they're bad friends to her in book three. And guess what? You and know who Ron- gives them a nice talking to? Hagrid. Hagrid. They're also Ron or not Ron. Ron's being a bad friend to Harry in book four, but Hermione's never a bad friend to anyone. Harry is an ungrateful friend in book four when he's like, Yeah, I mean, like, I really like Hermione, but she's like not the same as Ron. I know. I hate that <laughs> she part. She teaches him how to do a sun- summoning spell, and he's literally like, after the task is over, he doesn't thank her. He's just like, I'm just glad that me and Ron are friends again. <laughs> like, Harry, <laughs> appreciate what you have. I know. He's like, when Hermione's your best friend, you spend a lot of time in the library. It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know what, Harry? Maybe you should be doing your goddamn homework. Like, you're in I school. I do like that moment when he reads, um, I think it's in book two... Or maybe it's three. There's some point where he gets a hold of her homework for some reason. Yeah. And, and he he's appreciates like, the detail. He's like, yeah, he was like, he never appreciated the amount of work that Hermione ever put into her homework. And I was like, yeah, because she's a star. She is. And you would be dead 100 times over if also, not for her. Also, like, she does all of her homework 300% and then also does all of the work on Buckbeak's appeal while Ron yes. and Harry, like, yes. fuck around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's a goddamn gem and helps them with their homework because <laughs> they can't do it themselves and helps neville with his homework i love that scene where um, i guess she has a time turner she has plenty of time <laughs> but she gives it back after book three yeah and well, i that, don't think she's yeah. supposed to use it for that stuff because i was like i was wondering why she was so stressed out about her homework but i don't think she was using it for doing her homework she was because only using it to get she, to class because she couldn't have two of her like because right. otherwise someone might have seen Right. It was, like, only in class where, like, nobody would be. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I think I've, I wondered that, too, and I think that's the answer. I almost feel like we should just call this episode, like, a Harry Potter extravaganza. Because <laughs> I think we've just been moving through all seven. Well, but far. I mean, but you haven't, I mean, I only I'm listened on, to I'm also, one. I'm in book four, so that's what I'm the most familiar with right, right. now. But I also think, like, you know, we're not getting deep into no. those books. I think... I think we're, I think it's fine. It's also just, like, how it has to be. We're not going to spoil, like, people have read them already. It's fine if we allude to stuff. (laughs) But I do think we should call, I think we should call all of our episodes that are about Harry Potter, Harry Potter extravaganza. Okay, we can do that for sure. (laughs) Um, Um, 
I also have here that in these first three um, books, I'm a little bit more suspicious. Not mm, yes, yeah, suspicious of Dumbledore. Same. Oh my god, I was just about to say that because okay, so I immediately like Dumbledore as everyone does because he's just like a jolly old man that you want. He's like a skinny Santa Claus. Yes, to be around. That's smart. But I didn't realize that he really does keep his distance from Harry in the first three books quite a bit. Because mm-hmm. I like he I think he's such a memorable character and he's so important and he's always there when like big stuff happens. Yeah. That in my head I was like, no, he's been like Harry's mentor for seven years. And that's not true. And you can see, like, now that you know what's happening, you can see he is keeping his distance from him. I also think too, it's like when you read the first book. Like, I mean, okay, so if you've read all seven, like, you know, basically he's a master manipulator that has, like, had this done from the start. Like, in the first book, you basically are like, oh, that's nice. Like, Dumbledore's just, like, a laissez-faire kind of guy who, like, gives Harry the tools he needs to succeed. Yeah. And then, like, Mm -hmm. whatever. But I don't know. Like, it has, like, a darker feeling Mm -hmm. when you get through the rest of the books. and you Like, Like, I think Snape says it best. He's like, you've been raising him like a lamb for slaughter. Yeah. And it's... I don't know. It makes, like, every interaction that they have weird. Especially, like, the Mirror of Erised interaction. It's, like... I think Dumbledore starts to really care for Harry on accident. Like, I don't think he ever meant... Planned to. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he ever wanted to. And I think you really see that in Book 5 when he's, like, actively not talking to Harry very much. And, oh, yeah, I and forgot like, about and that, that weird like, part. Yeah, and it causes, like, a real problem. Because Harry is like, I need you to talk to me. And essentially, like, that's why Sirius dies. Yes. Which, like, also, too, like, I've always wondered if, like, Dumbledore planned that to happen, too. Because, like, then when Sirius died, then Harry, like, number one, had no desire to not live at the Dursleys. Like, he had nowhere else to go. Yeah. And then Dumbledore would have had to step in if um, Sirius had been proven innocent and be like you can't live with him right well and then the other thing too is like when Sirius dies like that is another thing that like starts the fire in Harry that like Mm -hmm. Dumbledore or that um, Voldemort has to go yeah so I always wondered because like before it's like it's not I think Harry doesn't exactly feel like it's his responsibility where it's like when when he finds out that Voldemort like he obviously wants to be part of it and he wants to but I think he does have a slight awareness maybe that like he is 15 and he's going to be part of the team but not the chosen one. Right. But I also feel like Dumbledore, like, removes himself from situations, and then they, like, go exactly how he's planned. Yes. And in that case, like, I just, I mean, I have no proof to say that that's true, but it makes me wonder if, like, he mm-hmm. knew that that was a possibility and did not intervene. Yeah. And then, but it's, then it's very interesting to me, like, and maybe it's, like, for Harry, but Dumbledore's devotion to Hagrid then, I think, is, like, incredibly redeeming. Because yes. it's like he gave him that job when it wasn't clear that he Hagrid was innocent, um, and then he, I like, think, gave but him... but I think that Dumbledore knew. Like, oh yeah, because he knew Tom Riddle was bad, and so yeah. he basically was like Hagrid's getting the shaft because. But like the fact that he was able to convince everyone to let him work there, yeah. and then like when in book four, when Rita Skeeter's article comes out that Hagrid's like a giant and like a bad teacher. Um, Dumbledore's, like, over at his house, like... Right. Making him tea. Well, I mean, I think... I mean, like, I I love Dumbledore. Like, I Mm -hmm. mean, it's like you can't help it. But it just... 
I think especially as I get older, like the more fucked up it is. Yeah, I think. Well, and I think that's like something that I've noticed reading the books as an adult is that I'm very interested in what the adult characters are doing. And like their characterizations are like a lot more like they have a lot. They mean more to me almost because it's like. I think as a kid, when you're reading them, I took for granted, like, certain characters are good and certain characters are bad. And, like, I like these people but didn't have to really think about why. And now, like, reading some of these back, it's like, like, McGonagall, like, loves Harry. I think McGonagall's one of the only people, maybe besides Lupin, that loves Harry without an agenda. Like, she was, like, worried about him doing the first task, like, shaking because she was scared that he was going to get hurt. And, like, it's only because she just cares about him. She also gives him literally no preferential treatment at all, no. which is exactly what he needs. He's She's hard on him. She's hard on him, but she's not unfair. No. And like, she, like, when she's... But you know what? She's got her eye on the prize when she's like, you are going to be a seeker. You are on my Quidditch team, yeah, for and, sure. Yeah, don't fuck with me on this. Which, like... <laughs> But I also think, though, too, that she, I mean, I guess, like, she gives him preferential treatment and that she gives him a broom and stuff, but I think that has less to do with Harry and more to do with her Quidditch team. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I love that about her, too, that it's, like, Quidditch is number one, and then the rules <laughs> are a close second. But I think... I love her and Snape's, like, rivalry over yeah, the Quidditch very cup. fun. Very good. I love that Lee Jordan is continually trusted to announce the Quidditch matches. And he does it, and then, like, he says swear words, and then McGonagall tries to wrestle the microphone, and, like, it'll be like he danced out of her way. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't show me the Quidditch. Show me just that. Yeah, seriously. McGonagall's the best. Like, <sighs> she's a 10 across the board. And what I didn't realize in the beginning, I thought that Dumbledore, in the very first book, in the very first... Maybe it's the second chapter. Um, McGonagall spends the entire day watching the Dursleys. First chapter, yeah. Yeah. And I assumed when I started it, I was like, oh, Dumbledore probably sent her there to, like, scope it out. No. Nope. No. She's Hagrid like, told her. Yeah, she's like, surely you're not going to, like, she. Loose-lipped Hagrid. Yeah, Hagrid's like, yeah, I'm bringing him to the Dursleys. And so she just goes there. Like, yeah. she doesn't know who Harry's going to be. And, like, she's, like, scoping him out. And is like, surely, like, he cannot live here. He could live with anyone. He could live with any magical family. And I always kind of wonder, like, is that a cruelty that Harry doesn't know anything about who he is when he comes? Like, I, I understand the logic of he shouldn't grow up thinking he's more special than anyone else. But that's not even the logic, though. The logic is that the only place he's safe is at the Dursley's house. And that's like... But that's, that's not what he tells McGonagall. Right. And, like, but but that's, like, a bullshit excuse. Because he, like, if he had grown up with the Weasleys, like, he would have been salt of the earth, Loved. like, sweet. Yeah. I mean, although they did have Percy, who I also love. I but like, would give a lot to read the Harry Potter series from Percy's perspective. He's sassy. I enjoy him like I enjoy um, Bridget Jones's mother. Okay. <laughs> like, there's something so enjoyable to me about Percy that it's, like... No, I can, I can definitely see that. I mean, I also think, too, that, like, I have more sympathy for Percy, like, as an older person because... Yeah, because he's, like, a good... Yeah, you're like, well, yeah, he's following the rules. He's following he's the rules. Yeah. He just... He falls out of it when he gets too 
dogmatic in the fifth book and then like fights with his family which right. i think is one of the book's like biggest tragedies that percy is separated from them until the seventh book and then fred dies I which i thought about how fred's gonna die in book seven when i was in the shower the other day and just about like burst into tears the thing that's the saddest about fred dying is that george has to run the joke shop alone yes like like it could have been any other weasley Bill? Who cares? Charlie. Fuck him. Like, I, <laughs> I like both of those dudes. Bill, as an adult, seems very hot to me. <laughs> no, not my type. I don't know. I'm intrigued. Nothing. No thanks. Um, but, like, don't take Fred. I know. And also because I, like, I always remembered them as just, like, little jokesters, which they are, but they're also really good people. The thing, too, like, Like they they protect Harry and Ron, and they, like, listen to Hermione when she, like, talks about spew, and they're, like, and, like, one of them just tries to be, like, no, don't do it, and the other one is, like, listen, like, we can show you the kitchen. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, and they give Harry the Marauder's map. Like, yeah. Like, they didn't need that to see who was around. They're like, we, it's fine. We can do it blind. Like, Harry has an invisibility cloak, and (laughs) they still give him that map. Um, basically because they're, because Harry's the only one who's not able to go into Hogsmeade and they're like, oh, like, we'll he help you out. Yeah, yeah, like, they're Very just, like, sweet. good big brothers. And, like, when the rogue bludger is trying to kill oh, him, they yes. fly underneath him so to catch him. he falls? I know. Come on. Also, I love in the first, in the first book, um, Christmas time, like, they march in and they're like, Percy, like, you have to sit with us. It's about <laughs> it's Christmas. Family. Yeah. It's family. You're not sitting with the prefects <laughs> today. Yeah. Like, I love that. I also find it bizarre that the Weasley just do not go home for Christmas. Like, Ginny is alone. <laughs> yes. And that Hermione in book two and three doesn't go home for Christmas. Yeah. Like, her dentist parents are like, excuse me. Yeah. And then, like, in book four, she spends most of summer with the Weasley. So I'm like, do you care about your parents? <laughs> Obviously not, because she just had them forget about yeah. her in the seventh book. <laughs> She's like, fuck these people. I'm a wizard now. <laughs> I can't be with them. <laughs> Oh, man. These books. They are so good. good. Um, I, okay, so I would love to see the scene in which the shade Voldemort convinces Quirrell that he can live in the back of his head. Like, what did he say to him? Like, I'll give you the world. Like, what did he say? not even that he was a Death Eater. Like, the dude was just, like, in Albania. He's just a hiker. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah, excuse me. Excuse, like, like, what does he look like at this point? A shadow creature? Also, like... Like the Stannis Baratheon that kills Renly? Is yeah, that what he looks he's like? he's just been, like, zooming around? Like, how did he get out of the house? Who? Voldemort. Like, did someone go collect him? <laughs> I don't know. His little being? I, I don't know. I think he's just a floating soul. Like, I think he's, like, a ghost. Yeah. I will also say about the house, nothing... Oh, Harry was, Potter's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I was, when I was at home reading book three, and Harry, even though I knew that it was not true what he was hearing, and Harry is overhearing um, a very inappropriately held conversation (laughs) with Fudge, Hagrid, and McGonagall, which I was like, McGonagall, why are you allowing this gossip to take place in a crowded bar Um, with Madame Rosmerta? They don't even do, first of all, a sweep of the room. Because, like, if they had seen even... Ron and Hermione, they might have been like, we shouldn't talk about this here. 
Anyway. But classic Cornelius Fudge, like... I just want to talk. Like, he's chatty Kathy he and, like... Is. And just them talking about that house being devastated and Hagrid having to, like, walk through the rubble to, like, dig Harry out. And, like, Ugh. Harry having to hear, like, that his father's best friend was the one who betrayed them like that really bummed me out in a way that it hadn't before like I don't know it just like it really stayed with me that image of like a little baby like in the rubble and Hagrid like scooping him out and then like Sirius coming and seeing all of it and being like I'm his godfather I should take him (laughs) but also like yeah well and him like, giving the bike. Yeah. Just being like, get him out of here. Well, and then I was wondering why Remus never visited Harry when he was a kid. And my two theories are that Dumbledore was like, nobody sees the boy. <laughs> no wizards. Well, to yeah. To confuse him. But that's... But also Remus was probably like, I'm a danger to people. I think it's because Dumbledore ordered them. Because otherwise it makes no sense why no one who cared about the Potters would try to have a relationship with Harry. Well, I mean, and the only person he's allowed to have a relationship with is Mrs. Fig, who's a squib. <laughs> I love in book one when he's like, Harry was delighted that he would get to come to the zoo because he did not like Mrs. Fig and her bad-smelling house. <laughs> <laughs> like her weird fruitcake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Mrs. Fig. When she testifies um, in, oh, in the in the fifth book, oh, God. Oh, speaking of, the wizarding justice system is fucked. It's fucked. It's so fucked. Hagrid goes to jail. Without a trial. For, as a precaution. Yeah. Which is not That's not a thing. That is not a thing. That's not right. You get held for 48 hours and that is it if they do not charge you. Right. And they're like, you know, don't worry. Like, of course you'll be set for... And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, you're sending him to Azkaban. It's also super political, too. Like, Like, they also decide to to execute Buckbeak without a trial, despite all of Hermione's work. Yeah, well, they do, well they have a trial for him. But it's like but Lucius, they bring, like, they buys bring that, the jury. Right, well, they but they don't have a trial, though. Oh, they, they have an bring, appeal. Yeah. They have the trial, and then they have an appeal where they bring the executioner. Yeah. And Ron's like, what the fuck? Like, I actually and says work? I know, I love when he says that to Cornelius Fudge, and Hermione's like, you can't say that to your dad's boss. And he's like, fuck, like, that's unfair. <laughs> Yeah, that justice system is not... Also, Sirius Black goes to jail without a trial. But I think... I'm sure he had a trial. No, he didn't. When does it say he doesn't? In uh, It's in book four. I think he surrendered. No, 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 no. It's in book four. Barty Crouch sent him to Azkaban without a trial. Damn. Barty Crouch Sr. Of course. Yeah, it's because he was, like, on his political rise and, like, oh, needed true. to, like, put, like, do a hard stance. Yeah. So he didn't. He oh, didn't is get that a trial. In, is that in your favorite chapter, Pat? Pat Foot Return. I'm I'm waiting with breath for that shit. I cannot wait for a little serious to be back in the flesh. Pat Foot Returns. Like he's eating. I, my he's heart eating gets rats. A, my heart gets like a thrill every time Harry gets a letter from Sirius. <laughs> every time, because it's like fatherly, and also just like oh, I love him so much. Yeah. No. I, I agree. Um. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? I have some just, like, random little notes, but I don't think there's anything that is that important. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll just say one more theory that I hate. Oh. Which is that the snake in book one is Nagini. What snake? 
the snake that he lets out of the zoo. Oh, no, I don't think that's true <laughs> I at think all. that is not true at all. Well, because he would have already had to made have made that Horcrux, I thought, before he died. No, no, no. He made that later. Uh, intriguing. Okay. Because I think he, like, he, like, his, when he was making, he was going to make a Horcrux with Harry, but, like, he didn't think that that was a Horcrux, so I think he made one more, which was Nagini. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't think that that's true. There, like, I saw some, like, post about it that was, like, J.K. Rowling claims that, like, that snake is the same, and I'm like, ah, uh, no. Like, I don't think that snake slithered from London to Albania. I will say I don't have a lot of patience for people that are like, this theory about Harry Potter will break your heart and also ruin your life. And I'm always just like, that's stupid. No, it's a dumb one. Anyway, it just bothered me because, like, I I think it's possible that, like, the animation is the same. (laughs) Like, I think that, like, maybe those snakes look the the same. same snake. Yeah, but, like... (laughs) It is not the same. Like, that snake is going back to Brazil. Yes. It is swimming across the ocean. Yep. yep. It is not going up into Albania. Or got captured again. Don't ruin it. <laughs> but. Harry Potter. H-P. Love you so much. Yeah. Love you. All right. Well, if you guys have any thoughts about Harry Potter that you would like. Yes, please. To talk to us about. Comment on Instagram. Write a review, email us, whatever whatever makes you feel happy. Tweet at us. Yeah. We could talk about Harry Potter literally all day. I literally, okay, so remember those tweets that I sent you that literally kind of spurned my want to read Harry Potter? Oh, yeah, yeah, like the from, one, yeah. From that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's, his handle's like sass bitchy yes, or something. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He and I were tweeting back and forth about Snape theories Oh, my yesterday. God, really? <laughs> yeah. Because he tweeted about how he didn't understand why Snape liked Draco. And I was like, literally, I've been thinking about this too. And we debated for a bit. And oh my gosh. That guy's a dream. I love him. He's hilarious. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So he's on also on my Twitter handle. So I'm Madreus on Twitter if you want to read my Harry Potter live tweets. You guys really should. They're really good. Um. And then you can also probably find him as well. And he has some good um, Order of the Phoenix and Half-Blood Prince tweets. Which is really, they're really enjoyable. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Glad to be back. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye.